Hi, I'm Trenton Stander. Hi, I'm Tim Brown. And, and this is the Open Heart Cast. Three, two, one, let's go. And we're back. Are we? I don't know. What episode <laughs> are we on, dude? I, I think I called yesterday's episode with Gareth, uh, episode uh, that 26. Was, that would have been 27. That was 27. You called it episode 27, I don't really know. I don't know. I can't remember. It just was Kara slash Wilkinson, motherfucker. That's what it's happened. <laughs> okay. yeah, but it's good to be here. We're here with uh, Gareth Wilkinson and Tim Brown. And uh, we're just going to be talking some shit. Right? Whatever comes up. You have mm. been making some cool shit recently, bro. Have I? Yeah. Yeah, I've been doing some shit. Yeah. I've got some things on the go. But I got an order for 16 tons, so I'm going to be abusing my body for the next four days. So. Oh, man, that's rough. That's a rough thing. It's good therapy. Yeah, it is. Not for your hand, but for your mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough making those tongs. I remember making those those two tongs at your place, and man, I was like, yes. Yeah, but I don't know how this guy does like 16 you. tongs. I did clock you with a fly press. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> Over the head. Yeah, but you didn't duck. That's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when yeah, I, bro, I was solid there. On my pup, well, I thought I was lights out. When, when I was when I was holding the stuff and you were swinging the thing, my head's down because I know that thing comes yeah. over and it's heavy. He wasn't paying attention. So he stood there and I went, <laughs> knock my pup one out of the shot. Big follow sound. Yeah, no. <laughs> Fuck off. Like they're turning him hitting a target. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded like a metal gong at 100 miles an hour. Jeepers. Yeah, no, but so it was... Uh, what do you two guys been up to the last couple of days? Fucking around. We put some gravel down on your, on your, smithy, floor. your smithy floor. Okay. It's what, how many tons? Is this 1.4 tons, right? 1.4 tons, yeah. yeah and it's the cheapest floor I've ever laid in my life because 1.4 tons of, of, of 30 millimeter crushed stone was 400 rand. And what Gareth and I were saying about and that they floor, it to you. no, I collected it in my bantam. Okay, because but you need a bantam. I had a bantam, but I sold it. The worst decision you have. <laughs> no, I've made many worse decisions. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, that floor is super functional because it's easy to pick shit up off of that floor. Why do you think Nielsen's yeah. smithy floor is crashed? And it yeah. doesn't, and then I mean, like, if you got some, if you throw concrete to a year in, there's all these little profiles of bullets yeah. that have burnt the floor. Yes. <laughs> so, well, my forging area, I've got conveyor belt. It smells nice when you drop something. Yeah, at least you know where to look and look for the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be too good for your lungs, though. Yeah, well, we smoke. So yeah, that's we'll true. Just, so we'll just keep the steel on the handle. Yeah. Yeah. We don't. We try not to drop force things too often. Yeah. But yeah, the, the crash makes a good fall for the smithy, but not for a good place to build folders. No. 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 <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> no. Bolts are gone. Yeah. yeah. And those little springs. Yeah. Well, oh shit, springs. Oh, oh fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those springs. I, that's that's. I, I'm not into that kind of shit. There. Eh? I don't want to make folders, bro. I really. No, Have you made a folder? No, I don't you want should, to. You should try and make it. I don't want to, bro. It looks like too much ball acre. I don't dig it. I think it's a big process thing. I mean, you've got to have your processes right when it comes to folders. I've made a few slip joints. I like slip joints. I made one liner lock, but a slip joint, but with a liner lock in it. 
And then I made a couple of friction folders. I like friction folders. Friction folders are easier, though. No. <clears throat> Aren't they? No. Okay. It's the same work, it's just different. Okay. Because you still have to get the thing to stop open at the right place and stop close at the right place. And your blade's still got to be in the middle of the two handles. Yeah. And it's got to have the right amount of friction so that it doesn't flop around, but it also doesn't break your fingers when you try and open it. You know what's an interesting locking mechanism is the one that Jack uses on his folding daggers for Oh, that that, flop. that frame frame folding dagger. I haven't. It's crazy. I don't have the mental capacity to try and figure that out. I've seen him make a couple of those, and I, each time he puts them together, I'm like, holy shit! This is no, just, he's got a patent on that, hasn't he? Oh, I think so. I'm not sure. The thing on the locking yeah. mechanism. So you were talking about that. Um, you went to Brooklyn and you saw that star folder that he didn't make. Yes. That was the first time I met him. That was Supernova Damascus. Yes. And that's yes. why I did like a, because as you open it looks like a star. Yes. Yes. And um, that folder has a mechanism and a lock in it that Henning designed from scratch. Okay. Wow. Yeah. He was, he's the only opener that works. Damn. And he's, 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 and he only incorporates into that specific folder. Mm. Wow. Which is really cool now. I That's thought, very specific. I was listening to a Full Blast podcast, and they had – it wasn't Full Blast. It was um, Forgecast. And this guy, I think he makes – his day job is making stringed instruments, so violins, guitars, things like that. But he makes folders as well. But he uses the, the backlog. But instead of having the cutout for the finger thing, he's got a piece on the end with a, a ring that you can put a thing on, and that whole thing at the back moves, and he's got a spring inside. I actually looked how his folders put together. It's different. So you don't have that notch in the back of your knife. Uh, it's just the base piece that moves. So it looks completely discreet. Yes, yeah. Jeepers. Yeah, well, to be the, the the most amazing folding knife I've ever seen was I can't remember the model, its name, it's got a specific name, but it was a folding knife of Des Horns. Mm. It was automatic. Yeah. And this thing could it had a just you just move a scale and just pop open. Yeah. Well but you just push the scale back like it and pops open. That's crazy. No, I don't have absolutely I don't have fingers to do that. No, it was it was genuine like No, but I don't have the fingers. Oh, to make to, the folder. To make the folder no. Because <laughs> I don't have much feeling in the tips of my fingers. Yeah, it's because you cut them off after the time. Right? Yeah, the one that's why I'm a knife maker, not a knife user. Yeah, I tend to like the uh, almost took the slice it, yeah. Yeah. I was teaching you how to make friction fire sets. Yeah, and it, he didn't teach me how to hold a knife. Well, I thought you were a knife maker. Who I'm am a knife I? Maker, not who, am I maker. who am I to teach this motherfucker? He's like, fuck off, man. I make knives. Fuck off. <laughs> but you know, when, you, when you're doing something, you know, this isn't the right way to do it. Something's going to go wrong. But you don't you hold a knife like this. Yeah, so. yeah. You're not supposed to have your index finger hanging off the side. Eh? And of course, he's just, it's in COVID. He's just had some wacky tobacco. So I go off to the hospital. <laughs> I got my finger duct taped together. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sitting with uh, Marinus yeah. High in the flippin' waiting room there, waiting there high. And we had a great chat, Marinus and I. It was, oh, and the nurse is like, they had to scrap my hand because we've been working in the garage the whole day. 
they're scrubbing it and it starts to bleed again. She's squeezing it all in my heart and said, Yes, he claims Sierra. He said, It's a little bit sore, but yeah. I've had worse. Yeah. <laughs> Nerve damage doesn't mean anything. It's just. Yeah, well, I still I haven't got proper feeling. I can feel stuff there, but if I pick up things, I pick it up like that. I don't use that finger because it doesn't have the feeling to pick up small things. What's the worst shop injury you've had, Gareth? I'm probably getting burnt as hot bullets, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember I, it was a it was an eight mil thick bullet that was turning into like a two hundred milliliter long seven mil cleaver. It was a big ass bullet, mm. yeah. and um. I took it straight out of the forge and put it under that 75 kilo hammer and it hit and it hit it at an angle and it hit it straight into the, like, my, this oh, man. my thigh like that. And I didn't burn. I was just like instantly cauterized. Jeepers. The first thing, the first thing that let me know that I was burnt was the smell. Yeah. It smelted. Whoa. Yeah. It's so a nice smell. Burns are rough. Um, yeah, you hit yourself with a hammer yet? Uh, no. I've done that. Um, that's I, that's why you shouldn't forge when you're angry, because I was angry and I was trying to beat the shit out of some tongs, and I was drawing out for a box draw that piece. So I'm hitting with a cross bead, and I missed it, and it hit the anvil and it bounced back and it put me on, the, on the tip, right on the head. And it's like, oh no, that's a bad one. I carry on because it's still got heat in the billet. And it's like, ah, this, this liquid, ah, fuck, I'm bleeding. But I've got to get this tongs down. So needless to say, the hammer won, eh? No, I didn't drop. Uh, so I took the punch. You took the punch? Yeah. You're lucky you didn't take the, it on the chin. Yeah. Cover it. Then, then then the, what the old rugby coach used to say, strap it up, go back on. So yeah, yeah, patch it, insulation tape and toilet paper yes. on the forehead, carry on forge. Cool, yeah. Insulation <laughs> tape and toilet paper is your best friend. That's your best friend in the workshop, bro. And I keep a bottle of germaline in there just to mix it up. If you want to see a man use toilet paper dynamically, you watch Jack. Oh, Holy fuck, that man can use toilet paper in ways you never knew you could. <laughs> Bro, he, he, he takes like two sheets for like a specific job and he rolls it up into this perfectly tiny, like tight roll. And then he takes the acid off of the of the of the logo etching oh, thing. Yes, he like yeah. sucks it up with that, and then he uses the other side, sucks the other side up, and he's like, "Ah, oh, cool." And he checks it out. Yeah, that guy uses toilet paper for everything. Yeah, but it's, and you explain Jack by telling how he eats a sandwich. Mm. Dude, <laughs> I got an, the first couple of days I started working with him. I checked this fucking pattern. This guy eats like a like a perfectionist, bro. He cuts the cheese exactly so thick, exactly all the way, boop, 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 and then he cuts it in, in blocks, bro. And then he's got his jam, and he takes his jam out and puts it on the fucking plate. Right there in a nice yeah. little organized place. He's got his bread, cuts his bread, puts it in the jam, puts the cheese on, and he fucking eats that shit like that. I'm like a yellow, but you are annoying, eh? You <laughs> fucking annoy me the way you eat, bro. I can't stand it. It's like my mom when she's chewing flipping toast through. She like she like bites the one corner, bites the other corner, and then it goes to the middle. I'm like just fold it in fucking half and eat it, bro. No, that's what you're just supposed to do. It. Fold it in half and eat it. Don't don't fuck around. You're like, sure, I don't you think you need to get irritated with how she eats her ice cream. Though. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I, I sweat the small stuff. I've got a pet peeve, man. You've got yeah, a lot of crazy. Issues. You've got it's lots crazy. of issues, too. I do. Yeah, I, I do. Small stuff. Don't worry, we we are listening. Oh, speak. It's a safe place. <laughs> yeah, relatively. 
Really to me. I don't trust Gareth Fuck Until, <laughs> until Tim gets passive aggressive and sees him Until Tim gets passive aggressive and then Gareth then gets fucked off. And treats and starts <laughs> getting bulky. <laughs> That's never going to happen. Well, at yeah. least if I'm around Trenton, I don't get passive aggressive because I always take the piss out of it. Yeah, he does that. I've got to take it hard, Trenton. They pulls the puss out of me all the time. We're at Grant's place and Grant's like... you make it so easy? Grant's like, Chief, take it easy on Trenta. It's, <laughs> it's like bass fishing. When you start fishing for bass and you've got to learn, you flick it out yes. Yes, and you go... <laughs> <laughs> takes it every time. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. But if you're going to give, you got to take. That's the way it is. Are you a giver or a receiver? Oh, I'm a giver, not a receiver. Right? There's a difference. <laughs> I'm homosexual, Francis. <laughs> I still have to watch that. It's a great movie. And you quoted really well. Thanks, man. He quotes everything. Uh, Are you wearing high makeup? Fuck you. You've had a big S in your chest in case people forget who you are. That's my people's symbol for hope. Hope starts with an H, stupid. That says Batman's I call it you, my bro. He's like, he's like, like enough. And he's like, what you gonna do, sweetie? Burn us with your magic eyes? Had to be a first. You always use it for something lame, like cutting in half an iceberg or heating up some old woman's porridge. <laughs> Is that soup too cold, madam? <laughs> <laughs> And there's another one where he's lying in the, in the city hall and that just cat movement. What, what is the what is the bad guy's name in Bane? Bane. Which way did he see Snow He's like, and while you were in the bathroom, I stole your panties. <laughs> oh, that's a lot of memories. <laughs> yeah. You want a little... Which one of these tubes do you smell out of? He's <laughs> like, stop it. I have no protection. That's ironic. We didn't use protection. And I offered twice. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm going to press the bomb. And this is, he's like, okay, let me get this straight. If you press this little red button in just the right way, there's an explosion. That'll happen. This is like, exactly. He's like, sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He's like, Do you, can you recall how we got to this point? Let me guess. Some stuff, <laughs> some stuff happened. You sucked my dick. I laughed, Fucking laughed at that thing. It was hilarious. That college humor. With the X Men, <laughs> we do. <laughs> That's the X Men. It's kind of funny. And those Key and Peele videos. What's that now? It's it, it's 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 two guys in America, and they do these like crazy skits. Just it's a slapstick comedy. Mm-hmm. So he says he's, he's a substitute teacher. He comes from the Bronx. He comes from the hard places, and he's at this like middle school in the middle of a little quaint residential area and he calls all their names wrong so he's like uh be nice she's oh like, mr pauls yeah she's like hey aaron yeah <laughs> 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 he's 
like, Aaron is like, Aaron, sir, you done fucked up, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Balake! Balake is like, Blake, you want to go to war, Balake? <laughs> Every time I see that, I go, there's two different ones. There's the oh, first yeah. one, and then the second one is the school photo day. You gotta, we, we gotta leave it early for us. Oh! You think I'm gonna fall with that? <laughs> Oh, it's so good. I need to watch it, man. Yeah, I need, need to, to watch, watch a lot of things, like Snatch. Yes. I can't believe this, man. I'm putting it on record. It's going to be on the internet. Yeah. Jensen Stander has not watched Snatch. It's, it is a disappointing day. I, I've, been told, I've been told that by a lot of people when they talk to me so about it. So watch it, man. I need it's to, stopped. dude. I need to. Because what you have to watch it. I'm just so fucking productive. I don't get time to watch it. <laughs> 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 Yeah. The baby's supposed to be on my side, eh? Like, laughing there. Yeah. Only sometimes, only on weekends. <laughs> Every well, weekend. Sometimes and... you go through bursts where you're productive. Yeah. And yeah. then, like, and then fuck all Trenton's like, on Facebook, do shit, do shit, do shit, and then it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Hello? Trenton? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I need to get over that portion and, and just keep the momentum going because once the momentum's there it's easy to keep going you just have to build a routine yeah. yeah that's what I've been doing the just last month is <laughs> get into the garage month. start doing some shit yeah plan my day so I've got to get a run in every day so I've got to figure that out between having to, sometimes having to go pick up the wife going to do this pick and pay shopping cooking food because during the week I did most cooking because my wife's Got the gym. I've got two children for school holidays. What a joy. I enjoy Morgan routine there is a great thing. Yeah. Well, luckily, both my kids are working now. So that's a bit. I've still got a while before that happens, bro. You, you, I'm sure you could find work for them right now. I suppose. It's cutting grass. <laughs> and sanding, bro. Picking up food. Dog food. That can. Well, that was not human poo. Look at that ashtray there. Thanks. That's awesome. Yeah. But um, that integral we got to forge today. You, you got forged. Uh, well, yeah, you showed me some techniques that were very helpful. Mm. And uh, very appreciative for that, man. That's that was cool. a great experience. Yeah, now you just go home and you make it your own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at first I was a bit apprehensive when you started to show me. I was like, oh, man. So just do it, Trenton. Yeah. You're, you're like nothing. Just, just do just it, Trenton. Yeah. What's the worst can happen? You fuck it up. You can't the thing is, it, 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 it did. It, because we left him in the final point. Yeah. And we started again. And yeah. he was like, oh, no, we have to. I was like, dude, it takes 15 minutes. What is it? Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. And then he did. And then he was chuffed with it. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I think he's going to try and make more. I think he's going to lot. Yeah, I do. I do get in my own way with a lot of things because I overthink things, mm. and um, and sometimes you just got to put your mind to it and fucking do it. Well, just go, yeah. before yeah. I started forging, <clears throat> there was the one guy at my work, and I had redone the stocks on my rifle, doing the checkering, and I thought I want to build a stock for my PSV, but myself with tools, and then of course, what tools do you use? They're all special purpose built chisels, and so you need to know how to make them. And then I started looking at the blacksmith thing, and then I saw a bit of fortune fire. And I was chatting to this guy, chatting to this guy, and he said, 
stop talking about it, just do it. Yeah. So I went to the scrapyard. I found a disc, a disc break, some pipe, and an old track leaf spring that I made into an anvil. And then I made a fortune, a coal forge in my weaver. And I started like it. My first knives that I forged were out of 16mm thick track leaf spring. 16mm yeah. thick, bro. Yeah, let out a bit of metal. Yeah. That's a lot of metal. And then you, it's different with, with a coal forge. You've got to manage the fire and mm. forge and think what you're doing. Because if you do this yeah. to move it in and out hot spot, then you scratch around here and you put it out again, half the blade's got. Yes. So the coal okay, forge yeah. just goes... Yeah. It's a lot of work. Eh? It melts that steel. Bro. But there's, there's certain things I would like to get another coal forge again, but more for blacksmithing. Mm. Yeah. Because you can only fit certain things into a gas forge. Yes. And also, working with coal turns out to be a lot cheaper than propane. Yeah. Because if, if you're not making a high-end product using high-end materials, mm. then that doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense. Because, <laughs> I mean, like, <coughs> I would buy a 40-kilo bag of coal, and that would last me three months. Well, and it cost me 100 rand. And every day. Not every day, but every weekend. Hold on, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? Say that again. How much? It cost me 100 rand for a 40-kilogram bag of anthracite coal. And it would last me easily three months. 100 rand. This was, was this 1943. This was 2016. Jeez. Whoa. But then again, at that stage, you're paying, say, for a nine kilo gas bottle, you're paying 100 bucks. But that nine kilo gas bottle would last you a weekend. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Yeah, so if you can learn how to maintain a – because I believe in this country we've got a similar problem as the UK with the clinkers in the, in the, in the yeah, coke. A lot of the, the – The coke is not pure or something? Well, it's got, you don't – it's a different – like in, a, in America you get the bitumous coal okay. or you get coke. Mm-hmm. And the bitumous coal makes less clinker. Okay. But we have – more anthracite coal, which has got a higher carbon content, but it's got a lot more impurities in it. So you get a lot of clinker. A lot of clinkers. And clinker robs all the heat from your forge. So you've got to keep... And it also blocks up your airflow a lot. Yeah, because it accumulates the airflow. Yeah. Now, what is that? Just impurities melting into a solidified... Yeah. yeah. But it it sucks the heat out. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's why I think... For anthracite, it would be better to have a side blast. Okay. Because then the clinker settles below and you can just pull out a whole. Uh, yeah. I've watched a couple of guys that pull out like a big donut of mm. flipping shit. Mm. That's crazy. I've, I've been uh, looking into wood steel a little bit more here and there. I'm very curious about it. Very curious about it. I think it's more fun to make it, like, to research it than make it because that is yeah. a lot of work, man. It's yeah. a lot of work. But Steve Schwarzer does some interesting stuff. We uses, I think it's like a thermite, and he puts shit in the crucible and he makes his own crucible steel. Yes. Yeah. But it's like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's a bit of black magic. It seems not much he's, he's worked mm. at trying to get it right. Mm. Because I watched a video of Will Stelters where he went over there and they did it. And they tried a few different ones and it sort of worked, sort of didn't work. 
But yeah. Yeah. Be something interesting to play with, but mm. you know, if you're relying on this for income, you don't really have time to fuck around. Play, no. no. But that's interesting that you can get uh, anthracite coal at that price. Or, or I mean, it's obviously going to be more expensive now. But you just got to go to the right place. I found yeah. an Indian shop there out near Petit because I was looking for coal and to drive to some place in Boxburg at a gas place and they charge you 400 rand for the same thing and you can get for the guy for 90 bucks. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah, definitely for smaller projects and like even... Well, even big projects. I mean, you go, it's very impressive. You go to that, the observatory in Cape Town, mm. the next place. Go have a look wow. at these guys. That makes it. So, so what happened was the Bijou was a cinema, and it burnt down. Okay. Well, burnt, not burnt down. Part of it burnt. And what he did was, as you walk in, there's the whole foyer, and it's all that mm. old eighties or seventies sixties architecture mm. with turns and there's bends. And it's mm. not a flow in that yeah. place. And you walk down these two stairs, and where the screen was is now a door, mm. and the rest of the place is current blacksmith shop. Wow. And it is absolutely amazing those four, those processes that are put in place with 150 year old machinery. Have you seen cool. the cookware that that comes? Yes, yeah. those copper pans. Uh, I was interested. I was watching some videos by Ford Hallam, who does. He's like does this Japanese carving and engraving. Absolutely phenomenal. He's from South Africa, but he lives in the UK now. But some of his hammers and the one stump anvil he's got was made by Conrad Hicks. Uh, wow. And he said it in his video, a good friend of mine, Conrad Hicks in Cape Town. Uh, yeah, that looks, that, that looks good, such a way about him. He's really, he's just like a, he's just on his own mission and mm. he just puts stuff. I mean, those, those coal forts are huge. Mm. Massive. And it's so much work. You're yeah. so hot in there and yeah, because it's closed and but he's he just got, carries on. He's there. got a so so Hulk at Tenning's house is a mm. three hundred weight hammer. Yeah, Connery's got a seven hundred weight hammer. Yeah, <laughs> you must see this thing. <laughs> Two stories on it, almost. Yeah, but it's amazing. I mean, that ram. Yeah, there's a seven hundred. Let's have a look at that. Okay, so that one there is like a 75 kilo mm-hmm. no about 100 kilo mm-hmm. there's a 700 in the back it's far in the back yeah that white thing there check the exhaust that's the 700 Jeez. kilo so for people 700 weight so for people who are listening weight. what we're talking about is uh, power hammers just for people who are listening how big is Bertie's Shows or something like that. Yeah. So that thing's massive. It's like when uh, Grant was there, he said they made bladder Damascus. Yeah. But he says he's got that. So instead of cutting the grooves, he forges grooves and the machines are flat. So hey, sorry to interrupt. We just found out Jamie. Yeah, we just did. We just did. We found out Jamie. Well done. Good job, Lee. But um, he's got a set of dies with round roll on, and he says. Grant says he puts the billet in there and he hits it once with the hammer and then it's done. All the little mm. grooves are cut and then he gives it to his appy on the milling machine. Cuts it flat. Because then it's a it's a ladder, but it's a different it looks different. It's more sharper than uh where you cut and then forge flat. Okay. 
Right. So when are you getting a power level dragon? Cheapest in the future sometime. I'm trying to build one out of a diff. <clears throat> yeah. That's interesting. Well, you've got a milling machine, so that's a start for me. This is very cool. Mm. And um, yeah, I want to see a two-ton forklift diff. Hmm. So <clears throat> do you know how a diff works and what principle works? Yeah. So when this side's spinning faster, this side's going slower to, yeah. to compensate yeah. for turning a corner. Yeah. yeah. So if you take, well, I've got it all there at the back. It's mm. got a motor, uh, mm. say 600 flywheel, it's a big flywheel, yeah. five five belts mm. attached to the back side of the, of the forklift, mm. and you work the braking system. Mm. Okay, yeah. So the, the hydraulic braking system on the diff, you still use it, you use it as a pedal. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, because on the forklift, the hydraulic brakes is bolted onto the thing. Wow. That's because it's a game. limited slip diff, so where the prop shaft goes, you need to attach a flower. Yeah. Damn. That's flipping clever. So I'm trying to get it right, man. Because I remember when, when I was at university, we, they had one of those diffs there. It was fascinating because it was... The way it was made, there's very little friction in it. So you can yes. literally, if you turn it, the wheels go the opposite way. It, it doesn't doesn't make sense mentally, but when you get it to work the right, when you turn it the right way, then it all works. And yes. I've never thought of something like that. And it's I've, a wonderful torque converter. Mm. So it takes that turn of that of that motor, puts mm. it into the bearing of the flywheel, and it moves that hammer up, that that, that wow. piston up, and, or what the ram up mm. and down like seamlessly, doesn't yeah. it? And the thing is, it's with the hydraulic brake, you're going to have a lot of more control. Yep. Like if you look at like the traditional tire hammer or whatever, you don't have the finesse. Yeah, because it's there's tolerances when when the, when the drive hits a rubber. It's what always fascinated me is the the Japanese Smiths, their hammers. They've got it's also like a tire hammer, belt driven, but the way there's They've got a very good control of it. And also because of that big spring, and then the ram or the hammer part is on a belt between the spring. Yes. So they can get it to hit quite gently or to hit quite hard because when they when it's moving fast, that the spring starts to work a lot more. Yes. And also a mechanical hammer tends to hit itself loose. Mm. All, the, all your little loose mm. parts. If you don't have a lock on it. Yeah, yeah. Jack's, Jack's hammer... Yeah. Air the hammers, one, the air one. don't do that. Yeah. And it's just because that air absorbs that much energy. Mm. Where, uh, Jack's hammer snapped the one time he made it out of 5160. It was a tiny shaft on those, on that flywheel that goes like this and down to a diamond like that onto a shaft. And that 5160 shaft just sheared off. Just gone. Mm. Crazy, but his hammer's running lucky now. It's running nice for now. He yeah, made it's, it's, he made it out of V two. The the next uh, one, the next pivot that he made, he made it out of V two. But you need to. It's something you need to tune and figure out. Yeah, yeah. It's not just his hammer's a lot more difficult to control as opposed to Grant's hammer. Grant's hammer is very controllable. Yeah, but this, the difference is, is that Grant's hammer is a German precision machine. Yes, no, it's not. Was it an no, it's a also it's also a Chinese one. Jacques Magnus is old hammer. Okay. But I've worked on that when Jacques still had it. I used to go to Jacques to make my Damascus because he had power. And now Jacques pistol from overseas and Grant bought his power hammer, so now the power my power hammer's moved closer to me. So Grant's like a good friend, but he's just following the partner. Fantastic. 
That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah it makes you question his friendship with Grant. Stan asks you about the 38 kilo. It's a German. I can't remember the name. I've never worked on anything that seamless in my entire life. Yeah. I did a... I did a... Take the bottom break. Cool. I did a weld on an integral. Uh, Damascus chef's knife in the air. Yeah. So I kept that... Put it that part of the ground. Yeah. And I brought that hammer right down to about... To, uh, off the bottom die. And I yeah. brought that hammer about 20 more. And, thing, and I said, okay, cool. And just... Wah! One hit weld. Yo! One hit well. Yeah, it was on, on that little German because it's all, because of the control. You, That's crazy. You can literally send that shaft down like a yeah, field. yeah, yeah. And it's just working, and it just goes. <laughs> That's crazy. Even working with that little machine of of grants, that thing really pushes it out there. It really works. Fucking <sighs> awesome, brilliant coffee. Um, but to do it by hand, I always think to myself, is it better to have a machine like that in your beginning stages or is it better for your forging to start out not having that and learning how to do it the hard way? You know, Jack always says that to me. He says, if you learn how to do it the hard way, when you have tools that make it easier, you'll do it better. You will, but I mean, if you you go with that same attitude and have the tools already. No, sure. I'm not saying you shouldn't have the tools. I'm just saying, like, it's valuable to me to do forging by hand as much as it's easy to do it with a hammer. But, you know, learning how to move steel efficiently, it's valuable, especially if you're going to be a, a bladesman. You know? I, I suppose I'm just lazy, man. I'll take a hammer over a hand for you today. Yeah, but look, in this country, we have to realize that power outages are a real thing. And if you can't run your, your power hammer and you have a, an order that needs to go out and you can't forge properly by hand or you're not used to it. I've got a force there, but I'm not <laughs> running my forge either, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah there's, there's merit to you learning how to forge by hand, but also... We're trying to be in a business. Yeah. Mm, mm. So. I'm not saying I, you should intentionally make your life difficult. I'm just saying that there's value in learning how to forge properly. Niels very much promotes that. Yeah. You know, he says, learn how to do a simple, basic knife and forge and learn the forging techniques behind each step. Mm. You know, and. That whole exercise is something that I want to do because that's going to make me more efficient at forging. Well, the reason I got so to say forging fit is by making things. Yeah. And yeah. making lots of them. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of forging that goes into a set of time. Yeah. Yeah. It is. But I, I still want to get myself hydraulic press. You know, like making the tongue so much easier. You know who I learned. Oh, yeah. You know who I learned my flow from. This guy. When I'm forging, and I learned it from this guy, bro. When he's forging, bro, that flow that that comes over him, it's a beautiful thing to watch. You see him how he uses his body. Yeah, that's it's, it's, cool. It's crazy. That's very cool to watch him actually do that. Um, and when you was, start replicating that, you yeah. almost immediately start getting better. Mm. It's amazing. 
Okay, we go to Cape Town and there's a guy named Robbie Miller there. Never met the guy in my life. He's got one knife on the on the tables there mm-hmm. because at Conrad you put all the knives out and everybody just walks past them. There's no tables or anything. Yeah. He's got one knife there. He's like, that's my first knife. Cool. I don't really know what the oak's like. He's all quiet, reserved oak. So myself, Alan Mitchell, and Philip down the side, we're going to forge, try and forge some linrays, those extra mm. things, or just like a scroll mm. tang or whatever. Mm. We're messing around there. And Robbie comes with this weird little hammer that I've never seen in my life. He's going to also have a forger. It's like, yo, it's a, a beanman or a, a beanie, a beanie hammer. But it's got one like really, it's like a, almost like a mushroom head, so it's a mm. very straight cylindrical mm. shaft and a disc, like a, mm. with, with, with a 90 degree angle. And on the other side, it's also the same thing, just in a little heavier format. I thought, what the hell is this? And this guy grabs a piece of steel and he starts forging. I've never seen anybody move steel like that in my life. He's, a, mm. he's one of the top farriers in South Africa. Yeah, Jeepers. Oh, it's a Jim Beam hammer. No, that's a, a beanie champion. There you go. Beanie champion. Let's have a look. Oh, yeah. And it's not a big hammer. It's a very light, small it's a, hammer. It's a two-pound Where do you get this from? I don't know where you bought it. You probably got it it's from a Australia. beautiful it's hammer. A, it's yeah. a farrier's hammer. Yeah. And if you want to see it's people move steel, that's what I'm saying. Watch I've never farrier. seen every single hammer blow that steel does exactly what he wants it to. That's crazy. He, he forges a, a horseshoe mm. that he brought, you know, he brought on mm. one of the horseshoes that he did. And, he, and he, uh, apparently, uh, when what guys were mm. talking, I heard, he forges for like the most hardcore racing horses in South Africa. Jeepers. He forges, mm. he brings a horseshoe with. It looks like he, he, he made that thing on a milling machine. Mm. There's, a guy, there's a channel on, that's on crazy. YouTube I came across. This guy, he's a world champion blacksmith in the Farriers. Because in the States, you know, you can, you can have a competition about just about everything. And they have competitions where they get given a set shoe to make and the dimensions, and this this is the stock you got, and you've got either a single or you've got a, 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 a Farian striker, and you've got to make this thing with the right size nail holes to match the sample that you get to look at, and they give you the basic dimensions, and then they get scored on how neat the – and I watch that guy. He works it into a black heat. Yeah. But every single hammer blow is in as a specific purpose. Exactly. Yeah. And they'll move, they'll upset a bar in the middle with a two-pound hammer. Yeah. Like it's nothing. Crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And the amount of heat, or the, the amount of heat that guy keeps in his bullets for the time, mm. yes, unbelievable. Yes. That's like that that one blacksmith Jay from his bay. If you watch him, because he takes video footage close up of the steel as he's forging it. And you can see every time he hits, where he hits, that steel heats up. And you can you can maintain the heat and also yeah. he doesn't leave it standing on the anvil. Yes. Every blow he lifts it up. Yes. He like pivots it on the edge because yes, he forms yeah. a lot on the edge of the anvil. Yeah, and it's all these things that you only get to learn with time. If you're gonna be great at forging, you need to do it all the fucking time, man. Mm-hmm. You know, time on the tools, man. Time on the tools. That's it. Um, that was Steve Schwarzer that told you that. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I just started full-time. Mm-hmm. And I went to him and I said, Steve, I've got a straight-up question for you. How am I going to make him this? I don't – and he said to me, just time on the tools. Mm-hmm. 
So you can do just hang up behind the tools yeah. and just keep making things and mm. one day you'll see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I watched a YouTube video. There's a guy I follow. He's more in the endurance sports or whatever. <clears throat> but he explained, like everything in life, when things finally start to happen, they have start happening at a rapid pace. But yes. nobody sees the first three or four years of struggle, learning, yes, and figuring everything out, and four, yes. little, four little words, and yeah, learning yeah. new vocabularies and swear words, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden things just start falling. Like he yeah. showed the growth of his YouTube channel. He said he was going to do it for three years, and if he got to three years and he had 10,000 subscribers and a million views, then he'd carry on. Because he did a a course much earlier on on, on stand-up comedy because he thought, well, he'll try this because he likes being funny or whatever, and he thought he'd be in a bash. Yeah, yeah, he likes being funny, (laughs) dude. But he got onto a television show for five minutes like an idol type thing, but for comedy. So he got his thing and said, well, actually – if you put your mind to something, you can get fairly good at it. But he saw that with comedy, there's a lot of luck and knowing the right people. And he thought, well, it's not a career choice. Then he started this YouTube because his son said he couldn't make a video to get a thousand likes or a thousand views, which he did. Yeah. But it took him three years to get to the point where he had a thousand or 10,000 subscribers and a million views. And in the last year and a half, it's gone from that 10,000, he's now got almost 90,000 subscribers. <laughs> but it's nobody sees the first three years of struggle. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. you just got to put your head down and get to it. And what happens, happens. But if you, what what's that saying? If you fail to plan, then you, then you plan to fail. Yeah. Jeez, but also, I make plans and they all just... You shit a lot of the time. So. Yeah, well, at least you had a plan. At least you had a plan. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a plan, then what? Yeah. Well, it's it's not necessarily having a plan. It's having the discipline to get the shit to do something. Yeah, just moving. Mm-hmm. Just moving. Just keep moving. If you can keep moving, it makes other things easier. Like I was, I was talking. If you're not running, you're going backwards. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, guys in the anti-poaching used to say, if you can't run, jog. If you can't jog, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. If you can't crawl, roll. Just keep moving. And the fuck happens if you can't roll then, mate? No, then you did. Then <laughs> no, you fucked. Well, you did that for a while before you left there. Yeah. Yourself. Yeah, bro. It was for fucking tough. A few days. No, it's, it was five weeks out in the African bush. No, no, but uh, when you had your, your seizures there. Oh, 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 shit, yeah, I was on my ace, on the reserve, and I I was, I passed out on Thursday, and the Sunday they came back, so I was passed the fuck out, I was having seizure after seizure, grand mal after grand mal, wasn't eating, just being, I was very sick, my meds were fucking me around, and I couldn't remember where I was, I couldn't remember my mom's cell phone number, my my friend came back a day earlier, he was supposed to only come back the following day, <clears throat> but when they took me into hospital, I went from 75 kilos to 61, that's how much weight I lost in that time, so if anybody wants to lose weight, you know, get some epilepsy, I'll just check and sort you out, <laughs> yeah. 
just switch the lights on, off, on and off real quick. Even if you don't want to do an exercise, it's going to happen. Cool. It's going to happen, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just try and plan ahead, you know, work with a plan and have yeah. some blades and some sandpaper. That you I st- exactly. I said to Jack, I've got an automatic tumbler. I said, you can have one too. Just give me a tin full of uh, gravel, put your blades in. Yeah, I'll start and wash those things, just switch the lights on and off real quick. Oh, yeah. do some aqua yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when I'm making tongs, because I, the jaw section I make out of either flat bar or square bar, depending what tongs it is, and then the, the handle, I'm not, you can't pay me enough money to draw out a handle. So I use round bar, I weld it on, but every time I'm doing it when he's there, so I train some pop up over the head because I'm going to do some welding now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, so that's very sensitive to welding. Well, welding specifically, not so much screens and flashing lights. That can affect me over time, but, like, it's more the welding. That, that, that's that tough intense. because human eyes are drawn to a flame bucket. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire doesn't affect me. Fuck all, bro. Well, I, okay, I suppose it's mm. different. That's different, bro. Mm. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you stand in front of a forge for two days, mm. forge welding a sword and stuff, you wake up with archives, man. Mm. It's crazy. I've noticed with my eyesight, it could be the age as well, but if I'm forge welding temperature, I prefer to wear the green safety glasses Mm. because I found that my short, you know, my arms are too short to see the thing clearly and if it's here, it's blurry and... Well, that's him in your eyes. And I don't think that people realize staring into this bright light, all that... You know, but I mean, I think the whole the whole process because when before I was an off I was a ventilation and hygiene officer in okay. the mines, and so all you do is look at exposures of certain things that can harm the human body, mm. and that's what I did for eight years and reported on it. And I've really been thinking, well, not thinking about doing it, but what would what would exposures be as an off Mm-hmm. Because that stuff, mm. if, if you are overexposed, it's, it's permanent damage, irreversible yeah. damage. Mm. So hearing, lungs. Yeah. Well, I mean, what? Say it. What? What's that? <laughs> well, I'm grinding uh, my car and G10 and things like that. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, so your exposure. I mean, if uh, uh, the carbon fiber, um, fiber gloss. Mm. Um, the piece that gets that you inhale that goes and sits in your alveolar right yeah. at the bottom that's where oxygen exchange takes place mm-hmm. um, that's a fibrous piece that is 0.3 of a micron yes you can't even see that thing man yeah mm-hmm. and I mean if you messing around even things like because and, and that particle mm-hmm. can, because it's so small in diameter it can stay suspended for 10 hours mm-hmm. in, the, in the air yeah. around you yeah so and I mean lights like something like lights when you when, when you're working with a knife, you are like there, man. Your yeah. eyes are, your eyes work really hard when yeah. you're working with a knife. And the lux levels from your lights. Mm. That type of thing affects you because yeah. if it's if it's below standard you it starts affecting your eyes. Yes. Well yes. we've seen it with where I work, um, the people that do the visual inspection and ammunition, um, they can only do it for a certain amount of time a day. Yeah. And after that the the brain is fucked. Okay. That high concentration. It's high concentration, and after a certain time, then you can put as much scrap through there, and they won't even pick it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a time frame. That's why you were talking about that 25 minute timer. 
That that's a great idea. To take a break off the twenty five minutes. Bright green analog timer. Yeah. Twist it up so it can wind the bullet. And then um and that's how I'm working now. That's mm. how I'm trying to keep my rhythm going in the shop mm. is I'll do twenty five minutes, five minutes, twenty five minutes, five minutes. Okay. And and, and it really makes a difference because mm. if I'm working say with a noisy and something mm. noisy and I've forgotten the time or somewhere in the shop where I can't hear it, I put it on but it's too far and I can't hear it. And I work past that twenty five minutes. Your body gets so used to it that after that 25 minutes, you become sloppy mm. because your body's already said, okay, turn off now. Mm. But it, it makes you very – it puts you in a good zone of, of mm. focus when that 25 minutes is Yes. Gone. Well, um, they had on the Knife Talk podcast had a guy who's a physio. That's his day job. He's also a world champion competition cutter, and he makes titanium summer rustles. You go cheapest. Right. But he – because he's a physio – He's got a set of rings in his garage. And when you're grinding on a sword, you'll know, or heavy grinding, it's not great for your back. So he will literally, I don't know if he's got a timer set, but he'll grind and then you'll go and you'll just hang from the, the rings just and do a couple of stretches, walk around just to remind himself that he's a, a biped being that you're supposed to walk upright and not crunched over yeah. with yeah. a belt grind the whole time. Yeah. So I, I find think that time is actually a flipping good idea. Because I've, also got, you, I've got a real cool stretch for you guys to do. If you're grinding and you get that just next to the one shoulder blade, that mm. thing pulls all together. Yeah. So you stand like that and you do that. And you push your hands up as far as you can. And you feel mm. like it pulls your shoulder blades apart. Yeah, yeah, it does. That I can't do that. I'm like... too old for that shit. <laughs> yeah, that does work. What I find difficult is like when I, when I grind like real close to my belly because I don't really have a belly. So I like grind real close and then I, I like push my neck down like this, bro. And my neck fucking strains, bro. My husband puts a aircraft puller. Oh, yeah. Like one of those sleeper mm-hmm. things. Puts it on his chest and so just chill. Wow. It doesn't hurt your neck. You don't have to So he puts it under his chest? Yeah. Sure. That's flipping clear. Yeah. When, he, when he, he does his swords, he does it. <laughs> well, I love Mareko's um, uh, also got back issues and he's changed his platen to running like this yeah. and then he sits and he grinds. Wow. Because then he can look down. It's the same as with, with Jack. When he grinds, he tilts his platen yeah, a little bit towards him so you're not looking over. Yeah. So. I can't do that, eh? I can't have my platen facing And then Jack still does that. Yeah. <laughs> shut up from, from carefully. What's he saying? Yeah, he says shut up from carefully. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that guy can't keep him. You look at what yeah. he's trying to straight razor. Dude, I've seen that man at his best a, a few times, and I just like, it's all inspiring, man. That's good. It's all inspiring. It's that flow state you talk about. Yeah, dude, but when, you know, and that man, when he starts his day, bro, and he's got a mission in mind, he's like, right. And you see him fucking around, fucking around, fucking around. He's not fucking around, bro. He's getting his shit together. He's getting shit planned. <clears throat> you'll have a cigarette and you'll look at this thing, look at it, look at it, look at it, put it down, get some other shit together, put it all. But when he starts, bro, that thing comes together like this. He plans it for a while. Fuck. Yeah, he plans everything in his head. <clears throat> it's crazy. His drawings, dude. For a while, I hadn't seen him draw anything. And then, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Brad Woolen. Mm-hmm. Uh, put up this 
October design thing or November or whatever the fuck it was. And um, there were there was like you had to design a Kiridashi the first day and the next day you had to design a Bowie or and a folder and what, what, what. And Jack was, yeah, there were some guys who were on there that were drawing kake, absolute kake. But Jack, he took it to another level, man. He took it to another level. Like in comparison, there were some guys who really did some good work on there for sure. But, um, and we all start somewhere. I mean, like whatever. But when Jack draws something, you can see how he's planned it out to build it. Yeah. It's crazy. But that's Niels as well. He says, don't design beyond your tool parameters. Like if you haven't got a tool to do the specific thing that you need to do on that blade or, you know, don't design beyond your tool parameters. Understand what you can do and look for ways around those things. But ultimately, if you haven't got the tools, you can't do it. That's a big factor when I was designing this sort. Yeah. What tools do I have? So... Now all things you need to consider because if you don't, you just run into more and more problems, and then it takes you longer and longer to complete that or you, that, that or you project. Visit your mentor at his shop, and he's got all the tools. Or yeah. you do that if you can find it. He knows that. He knows that. Yeah. Jack's got like a sacred cupboard where he keeps all his special shit. All these like special handle materials right by his desk. Yeah. And he's got them all stacked there. He knows what the fuck's exactly. going on. And uh, and then in his cupboard, he's got his, his, like, special cutting bits for his lathe and whatnot. And then he's got these tiny, tiny, tiny drills, bro. Crazy tiny drills. Like those miniatures. Damn, bitch. But it's for the intricacy that he does, the work that he does, the Damascus rings that he makes, bro. Holy shit. No. 304 and 316 stainless. Unreal rings. I've got a mission there. I've got a bullet lying there that I've got to go make our wedding ring. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So I'll pay Jack for the material and he'll let me make the wedding rings there. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. You can teach me how to do it, isn't it? Yeah. So I've got, you know, look at It's a ring. Well, it used to be a... <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> used to be a goldsmith, bro. Yeah. He was a gunsmith, then he was a goldsmith. No, he's a blade. No, he's a blade smith. Yeah. So he's a smith. He's a smith. A man of many, many talents. Yes. Jack of all trades, master of none, still always better than master of some. No, I think Jack's a master of way more things than anyone knows. Bro. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Anyway, enough blowing smoke up Jack's ass. He's gonna get. I'm gonna ruin his autopsy. <laughs> How are we doing for time, Nick? Well, I think uh, we're about, yeah, we're an hour in, so I think uh, we could probably call it there. Yeah, we still got to drive back all the way to Benoni. Benoni. From Nardil. From Nardil. For Nardil. anybody that matters, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the things that's holding South Africa back. <laughs> yeah, if they, if the rest of the world had the Bermuda Triangle, we got the B Triangle. Yeah. Benoni box will get back. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, shit, dude, you guys That's a podcast on its own. <laughs> That's a podcast on its own. But uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Gareth, spending a couple of days with you and Kim and yeah, hanging out with you guys and getting to you. forge. It's yeah, been good, man. Get some work done when you do Yeah. <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> you can come for that passport again. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. That's another thing. 
Oh, we can't get into that on this one, but we'll talk about it next time for sure. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know how I do on getting getting one of those bins and uh, do, doing you, the ice buckets. you turn your show on ice cold in the morning, it's the same thing, just not as intense. Not as intense. I did it for But it still works. When you put a shower on at 6 o'clock in the morning, you make it ice cold. Shit, yeah, that's man. Dude, it I does. Used to, for about a month, I tried that. I had a hot shower, and then try and do like 15 seconds and 20 seconds yeah. just of ice cold water, and then get into bed. Works wonders for your sleep. It does. I should do that again when I get some sleep done. Well, thank you once again, guys. We, uh, we had a great time having the uh, podcast last night, and um, yeah, we uh, we're glad to have had you on, brother. Yeah, we'll, we'll have you on again for sure. Definitely. Cool, man. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening in. That's us from the Open Hearthcast. Yeah. Out. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Open Hearthcast. Find us on Instagram at Open Hearthcast, and we'll see you again real soon.